Well, one of uh, my favourite words in the English language is discombobulate. If you're not familiar with it, it means to uh, disconcert or confuse someone. Have you ever gone through uh, major roadworks on a wet night and what you've got is flashing safety lights and then reflective signs and headlights and tail lights and traffic lights and everything reflecting off everything else and the rain obscuring everything and making it all refract and it's a really confusing and uh, if you've been in that situation which I'm sure you have if you drive then you can come out really discombobulated what's going on what you have to do is really slow down take your time and uh, take stock of the situation carefully well I frequently enter a state of discombobulation when I read the news there's a lot happening on multiple fronts these days and some of it seems quite perplexing We have the so-called culture wars, which keep turning up new levels of weird on the left uh, and the right. Uh, The What I'm going to dub the Sino-American Cold War, so China and America, with lots of chest-thumping between the two. Um, Of course, the the situation in Palestine has triggered a raft of often self-contradictory reactions on social media. And some of what you see can leave um, a range of emotions. Maybe you feel angry, maybe you feel sad, maybe you feel anxious, or maybe you just feel bewildered. And it's that kind of situation that Jesus speaks to in the passage we're going to read today. So we're going to read this in stages because I'm covering the whole of Mark chapter 13. Um, So if you've got your Bibles or uh, Bible app, you might want to open to Mark 13, and I'm going to start reading from verse 1. As he was going out of the temple, that's Jesus, of course, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look what massive stones, what impressive buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Well, the disciples were simple country folk. They were up from the north of Israel and now they're down in uh, more southerly in Jerusalem. And they were taken in by, no doubt, many of the impressive buildings in Jerusalem. But one of the most impressive of them all was the temple. It had taken decades to build. And when they draw Jesus' attention to the temple, he basically says to them, yeah, look, don't get too attached to it. It's all going to come down. Uh, And the disciples actually didn't question Jesus' uh, comment about that. But they did want to know when it would happen. And, of course, this is a question many Christians have been asking ever since. Interestingly, Jesus doesn't give a straight answer. In fact, in verse 32, uh, Jesus says, Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus basically says, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen. But what he does do is he gives us some keys to help us navigate 
perplexing times, difficult times, which uh, as we go through this passage, we'll see he uh, predicts. And as we enter what seem like very perilous times, actually, I think we do really well to hear what Jesus says. And so Jesus says in verse 5, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You know, uh, Jesus says, watch out at the beginning of that. And that really sums up Jesus' message through uh, chapter 13. He says numerous times, watch out, be on your guard. You must watch, be alert. And so what is it we're watching for? Well, in the first case, a big concern of Jesus, he says, is watch out that no one deceives you. Jesus is concerned about deception in the church. He says it again in verse 21. Keep looking at the wrong chapter. Uh, If anyone tells you, see, here is the Messiah. See, there he is. Do not believe it. He adds uh, in verse 22 that false prophets will come and even perform miracles and seem to be from God. And these imposters come at a time of turmoil and natural disasters. You know, no one really cares what a prophet has to say when everything's going well, right? Everyone sort of just forgets and gets on with their lives. But in times of uh, disruption, whether you're religious or whether you're secular, we suddenly become hungry for strong leadership. And today we see a rise in uh, populist leaders, strong leaders around the world, and it's no accident that it's happening as times become more uncertain. And at these times we also seek divine comfort. And there's plenty of people who are willing to take advantage of people's hunger for these things. And I would suggest we live in such a time and we need to be on our guard for deception. Now, you're probably not going to be so easily taken in by someone claiming to be Jesus, but it's very easy to be taken in by someone claiming to speak for Jesus and self-proclaimed prophets and teachers and others are bound. Uh, And in our world, they can easily distract us from the main things. And it can manifest in a number of ways. Um, We might get bedazzled by the oratory prowess and miracle claims of some pastors. We become enamoured by end times watching in an unhealthy way. We're distracted by endless speculation about dates or who the Antichrist is and we can become quite anxious as we look at these things. We lose sight of Jesus' command to make disciples. And so instead what we need to do is really just slow down like we're going through those busy traffic lights at night And be faithful to the basics. Stay immersed in God's word. If you want to know what the truth is, you've got to know God's word. Be in prayer. Be in fellowship with other Christians. Be under sound, balanced biblical teaching and share the gospel. Now, and that's not to say we shouldn't listen to good preachers. 
on the internet or wherever. It's not that we shouldn't be unaware of what the Bible teaches about end times. It's just each of these things in their proper place. And so Jesus says, watch out for deception and the distraction that goes with it. Then in verse 9, again, but you be on your guard. There it is again. They will hand you over to local courts and you will be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them. And it is necessary that the gospel be preached to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say, but say whatever is given to you at the time, for it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his children. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now we could go on uh, in the next section as well. I'm not going to read it, but just um, draw attention to verses 14 to 22, which uh, Jesus talks about a bit more in relation specifically to Judea, uh, but the principles and the teaching applies to all of us. In fact, in the next section, many scholars think that what Jesus is talking about applies to the destruction of the temple in AD 70 uh, when Rome invaded, and it was a brutal time. You cannot imagine how bad it was uh, and really fit this description that Jesus talks about in many ways. But what my Bible translates as be on your guard is the same word in the Greek again as watch out. And it's interesting that he says to watch out for persecution because he's not sort of saying avoid it because you can't. He's saying it's going to happen, but watch out. So what are we watching out for? Well, I think one of the Jesus is saying watch out for persecution is because he wants to manage our expectations. If we go into something thinking it's easy, we more easily give up. Have you ever been given a job and someone says, oh, it'll be no problem. It's easy. I've probably done this to people. Sorry. But, you know, it'll be, it'll be easy. And then you say, oh, okay, no problem. And then you take it on and it's not easy. And you're like, well, that's not what I signed up for. That's not what I was promised. And so Jesus wants to make sure that we understand this is going to be hard. Because if we say yes to something knowing it's going to be hard, then we're more likely to be able to push through it, right? Well, this is, is what I signed up for. You said it to be difficult. You said I'm up for it. Okay, let's, let's push through this. And so if we're expecting things to go wrong, we can more easily deal with it when it happens. And Jesus warns us that for Christians, things are going to get really tough. And so the question for us is, are you ready? And he says to his disciples, and many Christians beyond them, uh, you'll stand before the authorities and be his witnesses. But he says, don't worry about what you'll say when you have to give a defense. It won't be you speaking. It'll be the Holy Spirit giving you the words. Now, notice again, he doesn't say, don't worry about the persecution. Um, he says, don't worry about your witnesses and don't, don't be anxious about the persecution. No, it's don't be anxious it's like he's assuming the disciples have their attention, not, oh, we don't care about the suffering. We're just worried about getting our witness wrong, Jesus. That's where our heart is. You see, you get worried about the things you care about, right? 
if you care about your life and your comfort, then you'll be worried about the, uh, the persecution. But if you care about the gospel and sharing that right, you're not going to worry about the persecution so much because that's sort of incidental. You're worried, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I want to stay faithful to Jesus. I want to, I want to get the words right. And actually, I think this sometimes tangles us up in witnessing to people just you know, in everyday life, let alone uh, difficult situations because, well, I don't want to screw this up. And Jesus says, don't worry about it because I'll be with you. The Holy Spirit will be speaking through you. It's going to get worse than persecution by the authorities, though. Jesus warns us even to look out for betrayal within our most intimate relationships, within our family. And in fact, actually, we see governments in various places and society at large starting to encourage the breakdown of familial relationships in the family unit through various means. Jesus says you'll be hated by everyone, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's really challenging stuff, isn't it? How would you be with your kids dobbing you in or kids, your parents dobbing you in for your faith? (coughs) Husbands and wives. And what it does is it challenges me to ask, am I deeply rooted enough in Christ that his gospel and his approval is more important to me than even my own skin? And put it this way, because we're often willing to die for the gospel ourselves, at least we think we do, by God's grace we will be when that comes, but what about when it's my family on the line? Maybe not their suffering, but losing them. That's tough. That really shows us what's important. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday about persecution in the early church, And there was a story of a young woman, uh, mother had a newborn baby. She was still nursing. Um, She was imprisoned for her faith, facing execution. Um, And her unbelieving father comes along and he is begging her. Just all she had to do was make sacrifices to the emperor. That's all the Christians had to do. In many cases, they didn't have to reject Christ. They just had to make a sacrifice to the emperor. But no, Jesus is Lord. We can't compromise on this. And they get there and they beat her father, unbelieving, he's a pagan. He's trying to persuade her to come back to the Roman gods. They beat her father in front of her to try and persuade. That's the sort of, that's hard. And she remains faithful and she was brutally martyred in the end. Watch out. It's no wonder Jesus says, watch out, be prepared so you can endure Verses 24 onwards. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in heaven will be shaken. So we don't take this literally necessarily. This is pretty stock standard language for when sort of the world is falling apart. Uh, We see it used in the Old Testament in regard to uh, empires collapsing and, and so on. Major cataclysmic events in the world. It says, for the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. Oh, sorry, I keep skipping over the wrong page. Um, 
Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn the lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This generation certainly will not pass away. We've been arguing about that ever since, so I'm not going to talk too much about that today. But he goes on in verse 32. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It's like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or in the crowing, uh, at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Are we getting the message? So what's Jesus saying? He says, be alert for his return. Watch out for his return. So when will his return be? That's what the disciples were asking when all these things are going to happen and they would have linked this to his uh, coming his, uh, coming kingdom. Well, Jesus lays out a number of things that must take place before he returns. In verse 8, he said there'll be wars and natural disasters, but these are just the beginnings of birth pains. Um, in a sense, they're barely even the same. We've been having wars and rumours of wars and earthquakes and all sorts of things for the last two millennia, essentially saying, look, don't let them distract you. In verse 10, he says, it's necessary for the gospel to be preached to all nations. And we're closer to that now than we ever have been. Probably referring to ethnic groups and languages rather than political boundaries. But that has to happen. It's not necessarily a sign of his coming. He doesn't link it to his coming. He simply says that it must be done. Verse 24, he says the end will come in those days after the tribulation. Well, which tribulation? I mentioned before that the verses we just skipped over um, were in relation probably to the tribulation that happened in Judea around AD 70. Terrible, terrible, terrible time. Christians have been suffering tribulation ever since. I think of Christians in North Korea. I'm like, how can it get any worse for them? In Iran, fastest growing church in the world, but suffers terrible tribulation. Following tribulation at some point, Jesus will come. Ultimately, he says in verse 32, again, no one knows, only the Father. It's not even something that Jesus, at least as a man knew, now I assume he knows now that he's been exalted, but uh, we don't know he didn't know then. We might not know we, he says we will know, he's just outlined them, the general conditions, but we don't know the specifics. A bit like Christmas really, isn't it? How do you know Christmas is coming? Because six months ago they started putting decorations in the store. It's, it's coming, but, you know, it's ages away yet. <laughs> don't get too excited. Again, be ready, be ready, but don't get distracted. And it is good to be informed about these things. 
But being ready for Jesus' return doesn't mean obsessively looking at the signs of the time. Rather, it means faithfully following Jesus. Cast off sin. Put on Christ. Stay true to teaching. Be his witnesses. So back to my favourite word, discombobulation. How do we avoid discombobulation in troubled times? Well, Jesus says, by watching out. Like when we're going through those roadworks. And so the question is, are you watching out? Are we ready? Are we alert? Are we alert to false teaching and deception in the church? Well, every age has had its fair share and today is no different. Um, I guess the difference today is it's just easier for us to access it and for it to get out there. So popular deceptions today often talk about the gospel of prosperity. Uh, The gospel of sex is one today. The gospel of autonomy, which manifests in all sorts of ways. How do you spot these deceptions? Again, if you don't know the word, it's going to be harder. But if you do know the, the word, there's a simple test. Does what is being preached sound more like Jesus or more like the world? If it sounds more like Jesus, it's probably on the money. If it sounds more like the world, oh, but we're trying to be relevant to the world, or we've had a fresh revelation, or, um, you know, we're just trying to be warm and cuddly and fuzzy. I don't know. Uh, But if it sounds more like the world, yeah, maybe we want to be a bit careful. Are you alert to deception? Are you watching out for hardship in the name of Christ? Are you just prepared for that? Not so we can avoid it, although if you can avoid it without denying Christ or anything, do, but so that we can be prepared and remain faithful. We may not face overt persecution for Jesus yet, but the world is often becoming more hostile towards Christian beliefs, not so much even Christian beliefs, but Christian values and morals. And, and this is where the, the battle lies. I've mentioned before how we start getting nipped at around the edges. Um, obviously, our, our views on sexuality are a big one nowadays, but our views on a lot of things, our views on marriage, our views on... And mar- I'm not just talking about male-female, I'm talking about marital faithfulness um, and, and so on. And these things get nipped at and eroded and, and there comes a point where actually, what's a hill worth dying on? Well, at what point are we starting to compromise gospel faithfulness? So how do we prepare ourselves for it? For persecution? By digging into Christ and making him our heart's desire, being anchored to that rock that will not move, having our identity and our hope in him so that it's going to cost us more to deny Christ than to lose everything else. And then, are you ready for his coming? Are you watching out for that? Now, as a movement, Christians have been watching out and looking for Jesus for a long time, and we continue to wait. Of course, whether it's at his coming or at his death, our death, There is a moment for each of us when the sun, moon and the stars are darkened and we're gathered to the Lord. Are you ready to meet him? Because none of us knows that day or hour. Are you doing the work the Lord has given you to do? 
And for those of you who perhaps feeling your age a little bit, less able to get out and do things, and you're feeling like time to hand on the baton to the younger ones, and there does come that point, but you have no less work to do. The work of prayer. And some people might say that's a real work. The work of mentoring and guiding the next generation. Are you ready for Christ's coming? So Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Are you watching out? Are you on guard? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for these warnings in the scripture. They don't really bring us comfort. They're very challenging. But Father, I pray that we will not be afraid because of what Jesus taught here but that we will be challenged and inspired to dig in deeper to to him and to rise up, be witnesses, find our hope, our identity, our joy in him. Spur us onward in Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.